Talking Bad Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm Jericho. And I'm Levi. And here we're here with special guest teacher, Mr. Mack. He teaches science in middle school. Hello. How are you, Mr. Mack? Uh, doing good. Just getting ready to wind down for Christmas break. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So how many years have you been teaching? Uh, I've been teaching mm-hmm. for eight years. That is a long time. Damn. What's your favorite year, like out of all those eight? Man, I don't know. It's it's uh it's hard to say, but I mean it might just be in a weird way the first year, which was honestly the hardest. Uh but I also, you know, like look back on it like kind of with some nostalgia, I guess, some some fond memories of just a lot of the stuff that I learned and just kind of my first experience being solo in a classroom. So, what do you think made it so hard? Oh, just there, you know, honestly, in your first year of, of teaching, you learn more about teaching than the students learn about your content area. There's, uh, there's just so much to do, so much to learn, and uh, there's a lot of kind of just keeping your head above water because it's, it's, it's a very difficult job with a lot of a lot of different aspects that you have to balance, and kind of everything's important. Yeah, so. yeah. teaching seems very difficult. I don't know if I'd be ever be able to. What's your biggest achievement? My biggest achievement just in life or as a teaching-wise? Teacher. Uh, teaching, I mean, I'm, I am really enjoying being here, and I think one of my, one of my biggest achievements is that over the last several years, I've been working towards making my curriculum entirely digital. I started off with everything being on paper. I think my first year, uh, the the copy machine keeps track of how many copies each teacher makes. And I think I was up on like 18,000, 19,000 copies my first year. And uh, last year, I made 160. Just 160. Not 1,000. Just 160. How long does it take to make 18,000 copies of paper? Uh, it, I mean, it, it takes a while. Luckily, uh, a few months in, someone who saw me in the copy machine, dang near every day, uh, informed me that I could request parent volunteers to help out with copies. So I had a couple parents that kind of stepped up and helped me out a lot with that. Because yeah, teaching already seems like a lot of work with like grading and stuff, and then putting eighteen thousand copies to give to kids on top of it is a lot. Yeah, I was I was spending like a couple hours a week by the copy machine. Wow. It was out of control. So to follow that up, what's your biggest achievement in like everything, life? In everything, <clears throat> I mean, I think you know I've kind of done a lot of things, but I think probably one of the things I'm more or most proud of is uh, when I was young, I, did, I made the decision to work a lot and save and was able to uh, help provide and like put my wife through college completely debt-free, you know, with some assistance from, from the parents a little bit. Um, but then we we're also able to use that money to buy a house really young. And that's kind of an investment that's paid off a lot and grown over the last, you know, well now 13 years since I bought that house. So uh, that's a really cool achievement like that. Did yeah. you always want to be a teacher? No, actually. Um, so I, I 
I mean, there, there were a bunch of things that I wanted to be throughout the years. Uh, I thought for a while that I wanted to be a studio musician. Uh, I thought I wanted to play, you know, guitar in, in studios, lay like background tracks and things like that for different artists. Um, I once interviewed to be a youth pastor. Um, so at the time, my <clears throat> my younger brother, Nate, and I went and talked to them about doing that kind of as a team where he would kind of be the main uh, person and I would be assisting with it as well, but in an official capacity. And uh, uh, that, that didn't end up working out, but that was one thing I wanted to do. And then I thought I wanted to take over my dad's, well, partner with my dad in his business and then eventually take it over. Uh, once he uh, does public speaking, he's an author, but I wanted to take over working in his uh, recording studio at one point. And I, after spending a lot of hours in the recording studio, I realized that I thought it was kind of boring. So, uh, yeah, so then I decided I did not want to do that. So, What were you recording in that studio? Um, <clears throat> my dad actually specializes in recording music from other countries. He specifically seeks out uh, people groups around the world that don't have any recorded music in either their like ethnic music style or their language. So he finds kind of like small villages and he's done places in India, places in Africa, and some of like the Pacific Islands. So uh, like some rural areas of Fiji and the Philippines and things like that. And he actually takes a whole recording studio that he can fit in a couple suitcases uh, to those places and records that music and gives them like produced CDs and, and digital uh, presence online. Uh, so. That's really interesting, like getting to go everywhere, helping yeah. to produce. Yeah, I that's think really he's cool. been to every continent now. So. Every continent, Ant Antarctica. Yeah. Not me. I have, well, not Antarctica, but there, uh, there, there are no people about groups to say, there. That, I was about to say. Yeah, I don't think the penguins there? have any, any music to record. You never know. Talent's everywhere. Happy feet. Maybe, maybe. Happy feet. <laughs> so how, how did it come down to the decision of being a teacher? Like, what led that decision to <clears throat> come to fruition? Well, what, what originally happened was uh, I actually got to a point, I think I was about 25, like 24 or 25 at the time. And I had just been working at In-N-Out to make money. And uh, I decided that that's not what I wanted to do, like, long-term. I didn't want to be an In-N-Out manager or anything like that for the rest of my life. So uh, I just started thinking about what did I want to do. And, and to be honest, I didn't have, like, a specific passion that I really wanted to pursue. Uh, so I started thinking about basically what I wanted my life to look like. And I decided that the thing that was most important to me was actually time. So having time with my, with my wife, with my kids, like being around for, you know, holidays and weekend soccer games and, and, and whatever else uh, would come up. So I started thinking about what was something where I could make enough money to, you know, to survive on, enough money to live and provide for my family. But that also gave me the time and freedom to basically be a husband and a father, which I decided was the most important thing to me. Um, 
And then just kind of over a process of elimination, I started thinking about teaching. And just over time, that, that ended up growing on me. I decided that it was something that I really wanted to do. So about six to eight months after I kind of started that journey of discovering what I wanted to do with my life, I ended up settling on teaching. I had to go back. I actually went to Solano for... I had to go back for about six months just to finish up a couple specific classes uh, that I had to take before I could go into a science-specific program. So, so like, what what science did you major in, like, like specifically? Uh, I my major is in biology with a minor in sixth uh, through twelve education, um, but. I had a really hard time deciding which science I wanted to major in. It was either between biology or chemistry. I actually love both of those. And I legitimately flipped a coin while while sitting at the computer getting ready to register for classes. I actually flipped a quarter one time and wow. decided, was I going to do chemistry or biology? How long did it take for you to major in uh, biology? Uh so the getting a bachelor's degree in biology took so I I already had a 2 year college degree so it took an additional 2 years to get the bachelor's degree in biology and then it takes another year to year and a half after that to get a teaching credential so so like you said you majored in biology is that your favorite like science to teach like what is your favorite it, science it to is teach? my my favorite I mean, I, I really enjoy chemistry, but it's, uh, it's a little bit less exciting at the middle school level than it is at, like, the high school or college level where you get to do, you know, you get to do some more exciting stuff that might be a little dangerous to do at middle school. Uh, but my all-time favorite thing to teach is genetics, which is very clearly planted in biology. Yeah, that's cool. So What's your science conspiracy theory? My science conspiracy theory? Um, like your favorite. Like your favorite, yeah. One that I believe in or just, just, one, just that, one that you might that think entertains like, me? Yeah. Entertain. I mean, the thing that entertains me to no end is uh, like flat earth conspiracy <laughs> theorists. That, that just, that gets me every time. I, I watch videos about it just to laugh at at the absurdity of some of the reasons that these people think, uh, you know, think that, you know, the moon landing's fake or, or whatever. And it just, it cracks me up. Uh, but what might be even more hilarious than that is if you've ever looked up mud flutters. Wow. That uh, you probably, you probably haven't heard of that. That one's a little more obscure, yeah, but no, try looking at mud flutters. It's, it's great. It's hilarious. So, so, um, what is you, a mud flutter? flutter? Yeah. Oh, they they just believe that basically there was an entire civil like kind of advanced civilization beforehand, and they got buried in essentially a mud flood. And a lot of them believe that there were once giants and dragons on the world, and will point to map features like they were giant hundred mile long dragons. And it's yeah, just yeah. Look look up a video sometime. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous, and it cracks me up. Are you able to give us a good reason why the Earth is flat? Why the Earth is flat? Yeah, why the Earth is flat? Are you able to give us? A I good feel like at the all? only, the only reason that I feel like these people have, 
is literally just that when they look out, they can't see that it's curved. And that's just because it's way too big. I think that is like legitimately the only thing is that they look out and they can't believe that the ball earth that we're on is so big that you just can't see that it's curved from down here. That's that's the only explanation I can think of for why people think it's flat. So uh, speaking of like stuff, what's your wonder thought? Like something that can't be explained, like stuff that keeps you up at night. Like why, what's the meaning of life? Like kind of like that or like why Santa? One of those kind yeah. of unanswerable just kind of like, things. Like philosophical almost. Yeah. Like, like what is the meaning of life? Like, you know. Man, I don't know if I have anything philosophical like that that I really think about that deeply. I'm I'm much more of a very practical, uh, much more of a practical kind of person. Uh, it doesn't have to be that deep. Like, I know I said philosophical, but it could be something completely random that you just don't have the answer to. Uh, I mean, honestly, sometimes when you just look at the intricate systems that that govern biology and, and things like that. You just wonder all the all the steps in the process that led there. Because even being, you know, even having a, having a degree in that and being studied in that topic, a lot of it makes a lot of it makes sense. But there are definitely some gaps in there that are hard to understand. Uh, that I do wonder about sometimes. And a message to the world. What does like, that mean? So, so, d- Mr. Rogolum, do you have a message that you want to say to the people of our podcast? Like oh. anything you want to say at all? Like to inspire them to yeah, do better. You gotta be inspirational. Yeah. I mean, there there are kind of two things that, like, kind of two of my own personal kind of creed or you know things that I live by, which is <clears throat> one is. Kind of like that idea, what's that, what's that quote? My wife actually really likes it. Oh, it's the, uh, you know, if you can choose to be anything, choose kind, something like that. Um, but it's basically just treating people in general with kindness and, and respect, uh, you know, regardless of their, you know, personal, like, religion or their their values, the way that they choose to live their life, I'm more of a, like, if you're not hurting anybody, then just treat people with respect. It's all good. Uh, but then the other one is essentially that you can do anything that you want to do in your life. It's just about, like, what are you willing to do for it? So, like, if you want to, you know, go out there and you know, be a millionaire and have your own company and, and whatnot. You absolutely can. It's just about the the time or energy that you're willing to put into something. So it's there's always like a trade off and you can accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish as long as you're willing to make that trade off. That's a really good quote. We're gonna quote that, Mr. Mack. Go um, for it. And, so and to, what's what yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. To close it out, every, every everyone loves these. Uh, do you have an in and out story for us? Just sure, to close it out. Sure. All right. So, <clears throat> so there's one night where we had to do closing. So a uh, closing shift is you know you're there until this sore 
uh, like you have to close it down, and then afterwards you have to clean up all the equipment. Like you clean up the potato slicers, you like drain the oil out of the fryers, you scrub the grill, you clean out the shake machine, all that kind of stuff at night. So uh, it was always it was always a little rough. So one night the other closer, so I was a closer for for years at In and Out, and the other closer, his name was J.K. His name was John Kelly. We called him J.K. Uh, and he was, like, one of those guys who was always, like, life of the party and super hyped. Like, just every time I ever saw him, he seemed like he had just chugged an entire energy drink. That was just, like, the kind of guy he was. So he calls me. He's supposed to work from 9 to closing, which is, like, a kind of a late, sh- kind of short shift. You work for, like, four and a half or five hours. So he calls me at, like, 8 o'clock, and he's like, sorry, dude, my friend just uh, – he just had somebody back out, and he has a concert ticket to go see Tech Nine. Sorry, dude, I'm calling in sick. He just like sent, he just left a message on my phone, and then he calls the store and calls in sick. So he goes to the concert, whatever. It's great, but <clears throat> ten minutes before we close, this like stretch SUV pulls up, and one dude gets out and walks in, and uh, he he's wearing a jersey that says Tech Nine, and he's kind of tatted up. And I walked up, you know, I just walked up, I was like, hey, you know, like, welcome, like, what can we get for you kind of thing? And he's just, so he orders, I'm, you know, he's just standing at the counter talking to us. And, you know, so then I walk over and introduce myself, like, hey, you know, like, I'm Mike, what's your name? And he's like, uh, most people just call me Tech Nine. And I was like, the Tech Nine? Like, <laughs> like, the, like the rap artist? He's like, yep. He's like, I just had a concert in uh, in San Francisco, but I fly out of Sacramento tomorrow, so I'm driving over to my hotel in Sacramento. And I was like, you are never going to believe this. The other guy who was supposed to be closing with me tonight uh, called out to go to your concert. He's like, he's like, hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. I was like, can I uh, get you to sign my hat and maybe like take a picture with you to send to him? He's like, I think you have to. So I went and I got my phone out of my locker and took a picture with him and sent it to JK, who was like, just sent me back, no! But anyway, so yeah, so Tech9 uh, literally just uh, sat on that handout counter after we closed for like 40 minutes, just chatting with me while I cleaned the shake machine and the grill. He was super chill. I had to be honest with him and tell him that before... John Kelly had called out to go to his concert that I had literally never even heard his name before. Uh, so I had to come clean about that, which was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, so poor JK, I guess, is the moral of the story. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm, that's unbelievable. So unlucky. I've still got that hat. Uh, I, ha- I actually got a bunch of famous people to sign stuff in the time that I worked at In-N-Out. And I have a little box in my house with all this, all the autographs I have on my In-N-Out hats. Uh, who other like famous people do you got signed on your hat? <clears throat> uh, Chuck Liddell, who was, the, uh, you know, he was uh, the heavyweight, I think, MMA champion uh, probably about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Uh, I have all the Mythbuster interns. So, uh, you know, Grant and Dorian, you know, so I have those. Uh, I was actually just talking with a student yesterday. Uh, they, they said that I should uh, frame that one and hang it in the science classroom. You, yeah, you, should, one, which, you uh, should. Which, which should I'm like, that's actually busters. a good thing. I'll have to see if I can find the photo that I, the selfie that I took with them too. Maybe put that in the box. Frame it. Uh, let's see. Who else do I have? Um, the band Papa Roach. 
they're from Jacksonville. Uh, which, I mean, it was funny asking for autographs because I actually went to high school with one of them. Uh, <laughs> and they remembered me, so that was funny. Uh, Derek Jeter. Wow. I have Derek Jeter's autograph on a – that's on a crazy. double double bag, <laughs> a double double bag got the Derek yeah, yeah. autograph. Uh, I I know I've got like another one or I think I've got like one or two more, but those were the big ones. So, well, that, thank you for being here, Mr. Mac. Uh, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Cairo Beanbag and on Anchor Anchor.fm/slash/the Beanbag. This has been the Beanbag. Thank you guys.